Welcome back to the channel, everybody. We are uh, wrapping, uh, I guess not wrapping up yet. We got one more romantic movie going on here. But we are recording this on Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to the world out there, and happy Valentine's Day to you too, sweetie. Happy Valentine's Day. So uh, we decided to watch a movie about the possibly grumpiest man in the world to celebrate Valentine's, I guess, <laughs> with the 1997 classic, As Good As It Gets. As Good As It Gets. Starring Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear, Cuba Gooding Jr., I didn't know it was Cuba Gooding Jr. until the hospital scene, I think. I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt both won Academy Awards for this film. Um, it had the unfortunate uh, pleasure of going up against Titanic the ah, year it came out. Ah, ah. What can you do about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate for them. They, they had to go up against the juggernaut that was Titanic, and mm -hmm. that just, you know... Didn't end well when it came to the Best Picture race, but they still walked away with, you know, some hardware for actor and actress. And it's still currently, as of this recording, the last film to win Best Actor and Best Actress from a, oh. from the single film. It was the last one oh, to do that. That's neat. Yeah. You're okay. talking, what, over 20 plus years now since oh, that's happened. Don't make me do math. No, I'm not. <laughs> that's why I just went with the, the nice soft 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, so here we go. So was there a significant age difference between Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt? There is. Okay. Um, at the time of filming, I think the regardless of the time of filming, it's, <laughs> still... it doesn't matter. They're both still alive. Um, it's I think twenty six years 26 is the years. difference. I think at the time of filming, he was sixty and okay. she was thirty four. Okay. So um, yeah, there there's a 26 year difference okay. in in age. I mean, and, I... in this, I think in this movie, it, it's it's not necessarily a plot point, but they don't. I don't think they try and play him younger or her yeah. much older yeah. than that. No, I, think, I didn't feel like yeah. that watching the movie. I did not feel like that at all. Yeah, it's not really forced. That yeah. it's like, oh, he's still a handsome man. No, he was still an old curmudgeon. Like he mm -hmm. still played that well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I was very uncomfortable with the beginning of this movie. I, I, in all honesty, forgot the very beginning of this film that he threw a dog down a trash chute. I hated that. I know. I know you did. That hurt me. I would have, I would have probably warned you had I remembered he had done that. I genuinely forgot that I'm that pretty happened. sure I looked over at you and I asked you, what are you doing to me? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like. Uh, it's just let it play out. Let it play out. They're setting him up to be the worst human being ever. You've got to let this play out. And I really, when that happened, I went, Ooh, Ooh, I forgot about that right out of the gate. I thought he was just mean. I forgot. He actually did that to a dog. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the puppy thing. It was the language he uses. Oh yeah. It was very distracting. He's for me. very, very distracting. I could not focus <laughs> on the movie because all I could think about was, did he just say that? Like how bigoted he is yeah. and how yeah, just yeah. nasty a human being he was. Jack Nicholson actually feared people would not like this film because of how unlikable this character was. Well, he, he's not he wrong. said that. He said that in you know I mean, that's um, definitely how it yeah. was for me at the beginning. We'll see right. if that we'll changes. How it for plays me. out. I mean that's kind of what they want is I don't know. I don't think you necessarily have to like him at the end, but you kind of see his character develop. Take some. that arc yeah. of 
improving who he is. Right. But there's a question I'm going to ask you at the end of this anyway about that. But okay. anyway, let's go on with what you got. I just, it was so uncomfortable. I couldn't, I could not focus on the movie because the language was so distracting for me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just me being too PC or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, what if they made this movie today? Would they still use that same dialogue? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think they could. I think they very well could. While it might be uncomfortable, I still think that it's a representation of people who are out there in the world. Right. And that's when I started thinking, I'm like, yeah. well, what does this say about me that I'm uncomfortable with this? Because these type of people exist. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing I can do to, if I run into a person like that, right. I'm not going to change his life just by smiling at him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, actually, right. I probably, there's been a homeless person that. I smiled out as I was walking past him and he just started cursing me out. So like there are people like that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so so we got the puppy, the language, and then when they're beating the crap out of the guy, all in the very beginning. Yeah, it's probably in the first my heart hurts so much <laughs> i was in so much pain and i'm right. like i wrote down i need redemption and i need it fast yeah like well you, you weren't getting it fast but i wasn't you were gonna the, the redemption comes down the road but you were not gonna get it fast no nah, no no so uh yeah I don't even know where to go next. Just <laughs> the beginning of the movie was so traumatic for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And then who the fuck is Carl? Why is he only in the beginning? Carl. He's the guy that finds the model. Oh, the guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to be some friend of theirs, I guess. Like he was only in world. it for two seconds to pick out the model. And then he's right. Why did why even give him a name? Like, I don't know. I just understand that part. Did they cut his part out? I don't know. Anyways, I pack like Melvin. I pack my suitcases. I lay everything out on my bed, and then I check it off my list. Do I have an outfit for this day, for this day, for this day? <laughs> do you have an itinerary? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I don't know if that's, that's obsessive-compulsive coming into play or what. So, yeah, at the beginning, I wrote down, well, he's very, very clearly OCD. Yes. And then I wrote down, okay, well, maybe he's autistic. And I said, no, I'm not going to play living room doctor. And then I just wrote down, he's rude. <laughs> he's rude. <laughs> he's rude. You can be OCD and not and not be an asshole. Yes. You know. Yeah. And I, I would argue it wasn't the OCD that made him the asshole. Oh, no, no, not at all. It was other what, he's just depression yeah. or whatever. Like, he's, he clearly has a lot going on Um, yeah. up here. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he's a shut-in. Mm-hmm. Like he said, there's never been anybody else in his apartment. Right, he's agoraphobic. He only goes out to the restaurant mm-hmm. to go get his breakfast. And then after that, he seems to know me if he doesn't either go see his publisher or go see his shrink. That's it. Which he hadn't seen his shrink for several years. Right, like I said, yeah. Um, um, and I, I, try, I can empathize with that because mental... You know, mental health is hard. It's mm-hmm. hard for you to take the steps to get to get yourself to see. To get help. To get help. Yes. To you. get help. It's hard to do that. So I can empathize with that. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, it was Mark. So he's he's a writer. Yes. He's a writer. He's single. He lives alone. We don't know that he has any other family. Yes. And that's how right. he's so rich. 
because he's their best-selling romance novelist. Yes. What did he say? He said a number, like 61. 60 some, 61. So he's written 61 novels. Okay. You know, or he just completed number 61. Right. He has 60 published novels. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously very successful at yeah. it. I mean, he has a very upscale apartment in New York City, and um, he dresses very uh, uptown, right. if you will. He dresses very much in that, that vein. So I definitely think he is, yeah, he's very well off. He's doing very well for himself, but, you know, he only spends his money on rent, breakfast, and bars of soap. Right. So many bars of soap. So many bars of soap. (laughs) Bottled water, because that's the only way he'll drink it, or all the little things that he needs to Mm -hmm. get by that, you know, we see as superfluous, really. Um, But because of his disorder, I mean, that's, you know... The how way he, it is. Yeah, that's how that's how yeah. he lives. Um, Carol, on the other hand, is a very touchy feely person. I wrote down. Um, I guess I that's <laughs> bizarre to me because I am not, but like to be that intimate with strangers is. I mean, they're not strangers; they're probably regulars that she sees every day. But yeah, I don't know at the um, restaurants and stuff at the where she works. Uh, as we, the next day I was getting ready for work or something and I, we used to have the DVD mm-hmm. case sitting out and at the bottom I noticed it was marketed as a comedy. Yes. I don't think I laughed once during this film. Oh, I don't think so either. Um, I think at those parts where you could have, you were just so turned off completely by whom he was and yeah. how he acts and stuff like that, that you couldn't find any of the humor I in the absurdity I of what find he was the saying. Humor because it wasn't funny. All the humor to me was based off his mental illnesses. Yes. I would and I did not that. find that funny. Yeah. If it were, and I thought it, and I thought maybe if it were more, more marketed as a drama or more, as a drama i might be able to get behind it but when the jokes are at the expense of a person suffering with mental health issues mm-hmm. it's not funny to me yeah it's not i can't i can't <laughs> I, I can't change your mind no that. i know I i'm just i'm just that. and i don't know there were too many parties involved and it was too slow and i i didn't get enough of the story between um like for dolls, the dog dad, the blonde guy. Yeah, Simon. Simon. I Simon. didn't get. It wasn't believable to me when Simon's boyfriend came over and said, "You're doing this as a form of repayment." That was not believable at all to me. I would not. If someone treated you like that, the last thing I would want to do is put you in the care of that person or put your dog in the care of that person. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Were they were they in desperate? Was it a desperate situation? It seemed as so because all the other neighbors that he knew on there right. would not take the dog in, and then he doesn't talk to his parents. He doesn't. Yeah, his, there's a falling out and a drama with his parents, and his. I think his boyfriend Cuba Gooding Jr. said that he couldn't take him in because he's out and about all the time and he can't take the dog out. Can't right. you know yeah. take the needs of the dog. And so I think he saw it as a way of of vengeance and yet redemption for this 
awful person whom, you know, you go under the assumption is like, there's no way he's going to hurt this dog. Like we know he threw it down a, a garbage chute or whatever, but consider your, it's the leap of faith of he's going to take care of this animal because he has to, it's not a burden. It's not like, it's not, you know, something that is that he doesn't have a direct connection to anymore that he just sees as a nuisance. Now it's like, this is a responsibility you have to take to make amends for what you did earlier to the dog. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a leap of faith is what it is. It really is. And it's an intimidation. I mean, as he, as, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character showed, like he's Melvin's very intimidated by him, you know? Right. And, he just exploits that and uses it to his advantage to, you know, make sure that this dog is taken care of. Yeah. Um, does he, I wrote down, sure, he gets more human. So I do see Melvin getting more human, mm-hmm. more compassionate, mm-hmm. more opening his heart as the movie go, goes on. Um, was it enough for me? Right. I don't think so. I don't think you can throw money at a person, no matter how much it benefits them. I don't think you can throw money at a person and then expect things to be okay. I don't think initially, I don't think he uh, hired the doctor as a means of romantically getting in with Carol. Oh, no. I don't I think, think it was a romantic thing I think he thing at genuinely all. wanted her to get back to work because he just, yeah. his routine was... His routine was screwed. He had I nothing. agree with that. It, he didn't set out to be like, I'm going to win this woman's heart. Right. I'm going to do this. It was, I want my breakfast back. I want right. my... And I think over the course of the time they had to spend together and all that, I think there was that kind of strange relationship that built out of that and blossomed out of that. And he realized that, you know, she's probably the only person that can talk to him the way he does, the way she does. And he respects her. Yeah. I don't think he respects Cuba's no character that at much all. at all. But he is intimidated. Yeah. I think he is intimidated by Carol, but he is also he also respects her right. and respects what she says in her opinion. Um, even though he puts his foot in his mouth more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when he tells her that whole story in the restaurant, you know, about taking pills again because he hates and he even emphasizes I use the word hate about pills, but I have to, but you make me want to be a better better man, you know? And that I do believe was genuine from him. I Um, agree. I I agree too. It's just, and I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think he is trying to better himself and he sees that coming from her. Yeah. What's funny is the question I was going to bring up to you is whether or not you think they make it as a oh, couple, as couple? Down, down the road. Do you think they would they will make it? Uh, there's a lot of variables in that. Like if he continues to look out to take his pills and see his shrink and do the things that he needs to do for himself to give him that, you know, foundation, that solid foundation. Yes, they can absolutely make it if he falls off the wagon. If he reverts back to that, you know, we'll call it pre-Carol disposition. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. I don't think they make it regardless. Mm -hmm. I don't think they do because I think Carol is in a bit of a desperate situation romantically. 
Yeah. I think she's longing for. Angelica. I think she's longing for an intimate contact. Yeah. I think she's, she absolutely want like, cause I mean, you see that she goes on the day with the guy and that guy's just all over right, her. Right, that was the first date, right? And that's what I assumed. It was a first date. That's what I assumed. And then and he, he is, went, boom. And is, she was okay with it. Right. And, and she seemed to be all right with it. And that told me, one, I think ultimately she wouldn't be okay with it. But two, I think she's so desperate to, yeah. quote, feel like a woman. Or so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Feel that intimate touch. That she's willing to allow this to yeah. go far faster or more comfortable than she wanted wants it to be. I I my big hang up was that was the 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 house. Oh god, the building yeah, there. Yeah, like yeah. you're gonna do that on the couch with this guy that you just met when the only thing separating you and your mom is a a, <laughs> a, curtain. a curtain. Is a curtain, right? <laughs> She's like, close the curtain. When she go, when she walks back, I was like, what is it? A soundproof curtain? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's not working for anybody. No, that was the yeah. most like, I yeah. don't know. That was yeah. that was yeah. the toughest pill to swallow for me. Was all this is happening and your kids also mm-hmm. two rooms down? Right, exactly. That's, that was a bit much. But yeah. I feel like Carol is that thing that is like I said makes him better. But I don't think romantically, they just, I don't think they actually have that connection. Yeah. I think there's too much, um, one, I think there's too much obligation there. And I feel like over time, it will either become the, a, a huge problem that they get in a fight and Melvin just goes, well, I can call the doctor and not have it come, but do something very mean, very mm-hmm. rude. Um. And I, I don't know. I, in my heart, I don't feel like they would make it under any circumstance. I really don't. I think they're going to give it the college try. I think yeah. they're going, and they did, walking in, go to the bakery, do all that. I genuinely don't think it lasts more than a month. Yeah. I think eventually they're going to figure out romantically they're, they're probably incompatible. Mm-hmm. But as long as she keeps coming to work and they have this odd friendship of sorts... I think that will work out. I yeah. think they can have that kind of relationship and he can be some sort of, you know, <laughs> quasi uncle yeah. to take care of the kid and, you know, make sure he gets all the treatment that he needs. Yeah. Kind of thing. So when I answered your question, I was thinking to um, macro, I guess. Okay. I was, I wasn't really thinking about the interpersonal dynamics. I was yeah. just thinking mental health. And <laughs> so, I think I agree with you. Not that hearing yeah. all that, that she was desperate, not desperate in a bad way, but like no, I think she just needs. That. She needed that. Yeah. Intimate. Everybody, everybody needs yes. that. Yes. At some um, point, you it's the human contact mm-hmm. thing, and not just talking to somebody. Touching. We're, we're human beings. Yeah. I think we we are a we are. As a species, we are a touchy feely species. Absolutely, are there exceptions? Sure, yes. but like, but I think overall, as a is a broad stroke, I think we are, and I think she needed that. You know, mm-hmm. she's been so focused on job and the kids' health and just surviving. Yes, that she just she has needs and urges. Yep. they're there. Yeah, I so. agree with you. I don't think they have. I think there there could be resentment that builds between them. Like that's a good word. That's a word I couldn't um, find. Yeah. Look at all I've done for you. And it could be said either way. Like yes. with the emotional support from Carol to Melvin. Yes. And the financial support from Melvin to Carol. Like, look at all I've done for you. And you're not, you know, 
Yeah. I don't feel like it's been reciprocated. I I, I could definitely see that. Argument. I can almost hear that argument. <laughs> I really could. I could yeah. almost hear that argument going on. Yeah. yeah. So going back to what I said, I think it would work better as a drama. I yes. think it could I think it could be a good a good narrative on mental health. Like everybody's suffering. You know, it's not always blatant. It could be you're trying to put on your best face to do a minimum wage job and your kids at home, you don't know how it's going to be when right. you get home, you know? Um, or you could be very visibly suffering and lashing out at everyone like mm-hmm. Melvin does. So I think if it, I would like the movie a lot better if it were reframed as a drama and kind of highlighted that everybody's got shit going on. Just like be nice. I think, I don't even think they have to like recut anything in it. I think they get, if I literally told you, this is a romantic drama. You might have had a different I idea totally. going into it than if I told you yeah. it was a romantic comedy. I think so because too. Because it does it was billed as a romantic comedy and, you know, I think there's those of us who saw it when it first came out that, you know, obviously think it's that it is funny and it's the absurdity I think of his bigotry that makes it funny. It's not so much the quirks of the mental illness the not stepping on cracks and stuff like that you know it's cute when the dog doesn't step on the cracks like that's funny (laughs) um but overall i think it's it's just that kind of his bigotry is what makes it insane and funny to us okay not so much that he has his disorder because once again his disorder is no excuse for his his bigotry whatsoever yeah. Like, sorry, it's just not there. It can't be done. And you didn't establish that there was another problem. You know what I mean? You didn't say, well, he's also autistic. Mm-hmm. Not to say autism's a problem. Don't jump on me. But, you know, not to say there's anything else that is going on with him mentally other right. than his OCD. Right. So I think that him just being a bigot is it harkens back to the Archie Bunker days of all in the family where the bigot kind of gets his comeuppance all the time. Like he says these terrible things and we laugh because it's like, Oh my God. Um, it's, it's one of those, uh, funny because it's true. And it's also sad because it's true because there's people who think exactly like this. And see, that's what I kept questioning myself is, do I not like, that I not enjoy it just because I was being too PC, being right. too PC culture, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a little bit of that to play in there. Maybe it just makes you uncomfortable period. Yeah. You know, and you yourself can't laugh at that. Like once again, I'm not going to play armchair doctor, but the, maybe that's, that does play something into it. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of his most ridiculous lines are all his incredibly bigoted lines. And they're, they're funny because it's like you, you, you laugh a bit of at the ignorance of it, Yeah, you know, knowing that it's like, come on, man, like, this is just, this is absurd Yeah, that someone would be this bad, that someone could be this. I don't um, think it's absurd. To almost that, spiteful in a lot of his ways. Cause he's also a very me, me center of attention too. Yeah. Like remember when they're sitting in the car and Simon's pouring his heart out about his backstory to Carol. And he's like, you know, my father would, and he right, starts, he just chimes in comment. Right. Like, yeah, I agree. you know, um, I just feel like Melvin, I think can be a lovable character, but it's, 
there's so much work to get to yes, that to chisel through all of his nonsense and bullshit to get to what's probably is a good person underneath. We've seen that in his care for the dog, his care for Carol's kid. Mm -hmm. And in the end is even his care for Simon. He took Simon in yep. and I don't, and I don't think it was a strong arm by Cuba Gooding Jr. I really wish I could remember that character's name, but I don't think it was a strong arm by him. I would think he told him like, no, he's going to stay with me. That's yeah. he has nowhere else to go. He can stay with me. Yeah. Like, that's a huge step. It is. It and is. then he still degrades him here and there, too. You know, he tells you people are supposed to be sensitive, you know? <laughs> like, that kind of, that's where that humor comes out of it, is just that that play on stereotypes and, and bigotry and how it's like, well, we can sit there and say, we can see harmful bigotry and go, it is so bad and it's so awful, but... This is almost, these kinds of movies are almost that safe view to look at it and, you know, try to get the way to put this, but the, the way that you can look at it and experience it without having to be in the, without situation. the hate having to come with it. Okay. You so actually, it you be... actually get to laugh at the hate and disarm it as, okay. as you, that has no power over me now because it's so ridiculous that you're that simple minded and think of something like that and think that way, you know, you can find a way to disarm that hate with that. So it might just be something that you as a person need to come around to, or all you I'm, may never come around to I'm that. And that you, may not be anything. All I'm hearing you say right now is this is an example of good bigotry. And here's an example <laughs> yeah, no, of bad right? bigotry. Bigotry's bigotry. <laughs> I understand. I, I do understand that but i think in i think in comedy it's always been kind of like a philosophy like a thing like you type. you can always see it you you know bad comedy like where the joke goes too far when you see it like you just you just know that it's at a good example of that's in breakfast at tiffany's i don't know if you've ever seen breakfast at tiffany's okay well that's what we gotta watch down the line <laughs> but um, Mickey Rooney, mm -hmm. who's a white man, plays an Asian man, and it's the most stereotypical, uncomfortable thing to see. Yeah. Full makeup, uh. big teeth, squinty, and talks with the bad Asian accent and broken English. And this is in the 19, what, 50s, 60s, something like that. And honestly, even then, it shouldn't have been okay. Right. You know, the fact that it's just lived on for so long and it's just there, it's this uncomfortable part. And it's just, it's not funny. Like, you just watch it. It's just not funny. It was supposed to be funny. And I don't even think it was funny then. Yeah. Like, I think everyone knew, like, uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. want to say Mickey Rooney even apologized for it not too long after, like, it came out. Um, so, you know. Comedy can have that, can have always toes that line. I was about to say, it walks, always walks toes that, that thin line. line. Um, one point we're gonna watch Blazing Saddles, which is regarded as one of the funniest movies ever. A lot of bigotry in it, but it's you'll see. Hopefully, when you see it, you'll see why it's funny though. Okay. You'll see why the use of these words and the the way it's being done is funny. Is you know, but that's something we can get to later on down the line. One last thing. There's a part towards the end, and I don't know if it's when Carol and Melvin are arguing, 
But I was like, yeah, I feel like the angel on my shoulder is Carol and the devil on my shoulder is Melvin. <laughs> like, if I had to put characters to them, that's what it felt like. Probably. Probably when they're walking around, what is that, 4 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Before the bakery? Yeah. Excuse me, before the bakery opens? Yeah. Yeah, probably something around there. Yeah, so that's all my notes. I just, the love story wasn't solid enough. I think I... I think I mentioned that. And and I don't think, even for a romantic comedy, as this was billed and, and done, I don't think the romance was going to be a solid romance. I yeah. don't think it was, it was meant to be. It's not like When Harry Met Sally, where you like watch people are going to end up together for Correct. their meant to be type of thing. Right. I think you got to see this, this awkward start to a relationship. Almost like if when Harry met Sally was just the car ride. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. And someone told you, yeah, they get married at the end. You're like, wait, what? No. <laughs> so I think it, it's a lot like that. It's that it, this whole movie is the awkward car ride okay. at the beginning of when Harry met Sally. And it, it finishes you with that. Uh, I, I want to say hope that you gives you that hope that he might be able to change enough, you know, mm-hmm. and that she, We'll be able to tolerate some of this, but it won't feel like a have to. Like, yeah. I have to tolerate some of this stuff. Like, it'll feel natural, and, and it will be a, it, they'll have a synergy when it's all said and done. As I said before, I don't think so. I don't no. think they make it. No. I don't think they make I'd it I'd have at to all. agree with you. Um, so, yeah, as good as it gets. Very well-reviewed film. Um Every you know it was it was well liked won lots of awards once again it had the unfortunate uh, pleasure of running up against Titanic in the awards runs so couldn't win quite as many as it probably would have um, but uh, yeah as good as it gets so what's your rating how low does it go I don't even know I'm really struggling like I don't know I don't even have a rating for this one. So as good as it gets, it's going to get a zero? A zero out of ten? Yeah. Wow, not even like a one for the dog? Sweet, cute little Verdell. All I can think about is him going down the trash chute. <laughs> not him enjoying all that bacon and having something wrong with his stomach later well, on? No, I can't because all I know is that you're not supposed to feed dogs bacon because your mom never lets me forget that. <laughs> nope, never feed them bacon. Pork products in general. I don't know. I yeah. want. I don't. I, I'm not I gonna don't force know. you to rate it. Something I know. Want to rate it? I don't. I don't know what I would rate it. I don't know. It's unrated. Wow. It's, and it I doesn't don't, even get a zero. I don't want to say that it, it gets a zero because that's like did where, where did I find some redeeming qualities in it? Sure. Overall, I don't think it was a good film. Yeah. I maybe would give it a one. Well, let's call it a one then. We'll okay. give it a one. It's the lowest rated film that you've, and I've you've watched, watched so, far. so far. Just Beats just out Jurassic Park. Just eking out Jurassic Park with a two. Oh, Jurassic Park had a two. I thought I gave it a three. No, Ooh. we gave it a hard two. Okay. Yeah, it was. You were confident in that two. Uh well, now I need to. Uh, my my uh, scale has been reframed. So <laughs> Jurassic Park might get a five after this one. After I don't this know. One? Oh, it's funny. Well, next week, uh, I hope it goes up significantly next week. Um, it's a very romantic movie. Um, 
beautiful film watched. I'll even, I'll, I'd like to go ahead and say it, but I, I just, all right. So next week we're watching Moulin Rouge. So tune in for that one. Cause it's, I love that film. And I think you will too. This one. <laughs> it's, it's what makes it fun is it's like a jukebox musical. So almost all the songs, if not all the songs, are popular songs. They're just restructured. Did you put a song on my on one of my mixtapes once from that? that I did. Melody, I put, medley of... I actually used two. I gave mm-hmm. you the Elephant Love Song medley. That's what I was thinking of. And uh, Your Song by Ewan uh, McGregor. Okay, yeah. I thought that was the same one. Okay. Nope. Two different songs. So I think you're going to like it. Um, I hope so. I knew as good as it gets would be towing the line. I really did. Um, I didn't know it would be that. This was the first time I gave you feedback during the middle of the this movie. This is true. Too. She did in the middle of this one because it's a two, almost two and a half hour movie. So I was like, we'll, we'll take a break an hour into it or so. So I paused it in a part I thought was good. And there was this very audible, oh, there's an hour. <laughs> there's a, and I was like, you, do you want to take a break? She's like, no, let's just get this get over this with. with. I, said, I, I like, looked I at wanted him and you I to, said, I hate this movie. I wanted you to turn this movie off 20 minutes I into did. it. 20 minutes in, I couldn't. I was like, I can't finish this movie. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch this whole thing. Yeah. Jack just couldn't couldn't redeem it for 20 her. minutes in, I was done. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the next one goes. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week.